Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, meditation teacher, Spring Washam with us, leading retreats throughout the world, including deep into the Amazon. She has extensive experience and training in indigenous healing practices, using plant medicine, and her work brings mindfulness-based healing practices to inner-city communities as well. She's the founder of the Lotus Vine Journeys. We'll have her talk about that, too. Her book is called The Fierce Heart. Spring, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's great to be here with you. Looking forward to this. And when we talk about healing, we're not just talking about physical healing, are we? No. We're talking about on mentally, physically, emotionally, Yes. How'd you All get levels. involved in How'd this happen for you? Well, I got involved in studying psychology when I was a teenager, just really interested in understanding my mind and sort of working with a depression and was really curious about people around me and the suffering around me. So I first got interested in just trying to understand psychology. Um, like something is going on with my mind. I know it in other people's minds. <laughs> so, and then that led me in the path of meditation. And then everything kind of opened up from there. What's it like being at the Amazon? And, uh, oh, God, they had that, those horrible fires there. Are they still going on, do you know? You know, I hear that it is. It's oh, more God. on the Brazil side. I'm on the Peruvian side. Okay. Um, but, they're, they, you know, it's so hard to know what's accurate with reporting, but... Um, there are still some fires going on in, in that area, yes. Have you ever been to Nazca in Peru? Nazca, no. That is where Eric Von Doniken wrote his award-winning book, Chariots of the Gods, where all these structures are etched into the ground that you can only see from above. Uh, and, you know, his theories about uh, unidentified objects and uh, alien visitations and stuff. But it's an amazing place. If you ever get out there, the next time you're in Peru, if you're close up there, you got to go by there and see these things. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of beautiful places up in the Andes, in the Sacred Valley, up by Machu Picchu. Um, all kinds of mystical experiences, and people report all kinds of things in that area. But it's really beautiful. Peru's quite magical. Yeah, I had my guest on before you came on, Christian Wild, who was uh, giving some great advice springing. One of the things we were talking about is how this planet somehow seems to have remedies for maybe just about every ailment or illness that we have. How in the world does that happen? Compassion. (laughs) That's my theory. And it's a compassionate universe. And that as things arise, there's these, these remedies and cures, and they come in the form of plants or information. Um... Yeah, I think it's something to do with compassion. I mean, that's my theory. Tell me about the title of your book, A Fierce Heart. What does that mean for us? Well, A Fierce Heart, um, the book I write a lot about how difficult moments can be doorways. And when you think of a heart and you think of the word fierce, they don't initially go together. But it's about being strong. You know, the title is Finding Strength, Courage, and Wisdom in any moment. And I really do mean any moment. And sometimes, you know, people are going through really difficult periods in their lives right now. A lot of dark night of the soul and confusion. And and how do you work with that skillfully? How do you meet challenges, whether it's a financial challenge or a physical challenge or 
um, just when times are hard, how do you use that experience to actually open and grow? So that's sort of the, the theory of the book is kind of using our challenges um, as opportunities. And not in a cliche way, but in a real way. You know, how, how can this be a lesson? How could this, how could this suffering, uh, if I open to it, not shut down, you know, don't let it make me bitter, but allow me to investigate life. You know, sometimes pain can be a huge opener for someone, a doorway, open the heart. It can allow more compassion and understanding to come in. So that's kind of where the title came from, is my own experiences using trauma and suffering and everything that one experiences in a human life to grow, to, um, to awaken something. And are we using the power of our self and our minds to do this as opposed to taking prescription pills and anti-anxiety drugs and stuff like that? Yeah, in a way we are. You know, we're learning, you know, when it comes to our emotions, we're learning a new way of being. You know, for most people, um, the thing that they dread the most are painful emotions, right? I mean, we usually take prescription medication. It's, there's something going on with our emotions. Rather, we feel fear and anxiety mm-hmm. Or we feel sadness, or maybe we have too much energy in the body. Um, and so working with, you know, in a meditative way, we're learning how to be with our emotions, not to act them out, not suppress them, not feed them. But there's a new way of learning how to be with the present moment, and that's through becoming mindful, you know, being aware of what's happening and allowing that uh, to unfold in a natural way. I, I was going to say, in order to fix something, you have to be cognizant of it, uh, that it's happening to you, don't you? Yeah, you have to become present with it in order to not only fix, but just to allow it to be okay that it's there. Spring, what have you found to be some of the most prevalent issues that face people? Is it like a death in a family, losing a relationship, breaking up with somebody you care about? What is it that really drives people to sadness and, and get, get them upset? I think it's all of that. And, and I think if I went even a little bit deeper, it's kind of what I consider sort of like a soul-level sickness. It's the loss of a purpose. Like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what this means anymore. What is the point of living this experience? Why am I going through this again? You know, or... Uh, I don't know how to get out of this. I don't know how to change my life. So in some ways, it's people feeling a kind of lost feeling or a lack of purpose. And I, I meet people who are experiencing this on all levels of the spectrum, someone who could be really wealthy and suddenly lose interest in, in their, their job or their career or their pursuit, or it could be someone really young who's um, inquiring into this, like what's going on? Why, why do I suddenly feel so unhappy and things don't feel meaningful anymore? I bet social network really affects a lot of younger people w- worse than we think. Yeah, I think in some levels, you know, you know, the changes in our society. Yeah, I think when when people are looking for connection, I think with the younger generation, I think they're really longing for connection, and they use social media as a way to see what's happening in the world, to see their peers. But you can that can be a, a sort of a way that we compare ourselves in an unhealthy way. 
right? Like, oh, everybody else is having a great time but me. But we don't realize that a lot of people are, you know, we pretend. You know, we a picture, you know, can say a lot of things, but also it can be really inaccurate. You know, it can be like, here I am smiling, and then, but things aren't so good. So social media can create a lot of illusion of perfection, illusion that everything is um, perfect when, uh, in reality, it may not always be the case. Well, with Spring Washam, her book has a, a fierce heart, finding strength, courage, and wisdom in any moment. Her two websites are linked up at coasttocoastam.com. What do you think, Spring, goes through somebody's mind the moment they attempt or commit suicide? The horror that they must be going through, and I'm not talking about someone who's so drugged up they don't know what they're doing or drunk, but somebody who, you know, has got their faculties and right. they just decide for whatever reason life is so bad for them, they want to get out of it and they want to kill themselves. But right before they do it, what do you think they're thinking about? I think they really think that that, that going through with killing the physical body will end their pain. I think they really think this is an exit. This is a doorway to freedom. Otherwise, yeah. I don't think that they would do it. I think that they think that that's, that's the end. I won't have to feel these feelings anymore. I won't have to be in this situation that's so painful. I won't have to deal with this confusion. And, and who knows what really happens, you know, the next moment. We know death occurs, but, you know, as, as far as a, a spiritual, you know, belief system, we go on, you know. Well, why can't they say to themselves, this very moment may be the darkest moment of my life, but you know what? It's not going to be this way forever, and it's going to get better. And I'll look back at this day, and I'll say, huh, why did I go through that? Why can't they do that? Yeah, that's an interesting question, because I know a lot of people have had uh, suicidal ideation or even maybe an attempt, or maybe they stopped themselves many times, or and then they did pull themselves out of it. I know, and I think that that's sort of the reason that you know, as a healer and a teacher, I'm so interested in helping people work with their emotion. I mean, you know, that sort of a, an, it's reached a, you know, a 911 moment when someone is very close to suicide. And there are a lot of people who get talked down off the ledge. But obviously, as we know, there are people who go through with it. And I think in those moments, they just don't believe that there's an ending to that painful experience. It must be painful, though. Very, very painful for oh, them. Oh yeah, to I mean, do that. you feel like you, you, you know, you can't be there anymore. You don't want to be present with it anymore. And um, people don't always remember impermanence in those moments. It feels like this is how it's going to be forever. That's got to be a sad moment, too. I know it evokes compassion. Depression is hell. We we have why. had we have had people yeah. spring call this program, and we may do it when we take calls with you next hour. But we've had people call this program in the midst of wanting to kill themselves. And uh, fortunately, we have been able to talk them through this. I'm not going to hang up on somebody like that. Right. And, um, but we've been able to talk them through this to the point where we say, all right, you call us next week and you tell us how you're doing. So they talk to uh, producer Tom, uh, who got you on the line here, and, uh, and stuff like that. But... Uh, yeah, well, it's that's just... so great. That's really beautiful. I mean, it's a 
lifeline to someone. And, you know, when they do get through that moment, you know, there's a new life waiting on the other side of that. Sometimes we, you know, it's like, you know, the dark night, it seems like it's permanent, but it is a cycle. It is a stage. And so I talk a lot about those kind of moments in my book and how to be in those difficult moments and how to survive those moments. That's what a fierce heart is all about. Can I be in this hell realm experience, get through it, and even then on the other side, grow from it. Let that be my testimony or, you know, what I can share with others. Isn't that what so isn't that what we love about the the underdog hero stories, people who have endured everything. Yep. You know pull themselves up. Yes, and we love that. We love to hear stories like that. I love reading biographies like that. Someone who's, you know, been through every trauma, every humiliation, every injustice, and then they're able to somehow come out of it not only thriving, but with a compassionate heart. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.